everybody. This is Sabrina Wood with the Sci-Fi Sisters, and we're here for another episode of the Sci-Fi Sisters. I'm here with Tamia Harper and Fran Taylor. Say hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. And today's episode is going to be on the captains and their first officers. Now, we've got six franchises where we've had this really interesting relationship between the captain and the first officer. And what we're going to go through today is just who were the really great ones, who may have had a little issues, and were these relationships uh, better or worse for having aliens or opposite sex in either position? So to start it off, we're just going to go through a little bit about which of our favorite pairings, uh, you know, which ones are our favorite pairings. So um, I'm going to start it off, and I'm going to say that my favorite captain and first officer pairing is definitely, I'm old school, it's Jim Kirk and Spock, all right? It's the relationship that started it all. I'm saying that's my favorite. I love watching them together. I love watching the way they interact. So I'm going to hand it over to Fran, who's another OG Star Trek person. Which one of the captains in first was your all-time favorite pairing? Oh, my gosh, this is so hard. Um... See, I, I wanted to say Kirk and Spock because they were the originals and they had, you know, I don't, I don't want to take anything from what you said. It's just, you know, they were friends and Spock was like just, just the balance, the yin to his yang. And they were just so good together, I thought. And then I guess my second one was uh, Cisco and Kira. Uh. Um, yeah. Because they were both, they both had strong personalities, but I think she kind of waned hers a bit because of her, her personal spiritual views of him and him being the emissary in her eyes. But I mm. thought she was a great uh, first officer too. They they kind of played off each other. They both were strong personalities, though. So. Yeah. So Tamia, yeah. who, which two, which was your favorite pairing of the of all of these? I think. Um... My, as far as a working relationship goes, I think I really like Picard and Riker. Um, I, I, I like how they uh, were just like a well-oiled machine. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, Riker was really, took his duties as a first officer really seriously and um so he always had his captain's back but more so than that he could anticipate what his captain needed you know and um you know and took his duties about running the ship very seriously so uh, he didn't have to um he didn't have to uh his captain knew he could rely on him and he didn't have to guess about anything, you know, and it was yeah. sort of, uh, you know, and, you know, is very much, it's a little bit of a mentor mentee, you know, relationship, but not so much. Um, it wasn't so unequal, you know, um, you knew that Riker could step in and fill in for the captain if needed. You know, I just really thought that they were really simpatico, um, you know, and how they work together, both with a little bit of a different style, too, about how they led and commanded. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Well, you know, uh -huh. let's just make this clear. So the job of the first officer, I think, needs to be defined so that we can go forward with this episode because and we all hit on things that are part of their jobs. 
And another thing about this whole relationship is that they were very different in the way it was sort of like mentor-mentee, which is what you said about Riker and Picard, uh, Picard and Riker. And Fran, you mentioned that Spock and Kirk were almost like brothers. So it was uh, different. It was different in in the way they reacted to each other. And I don't know whether age may have had something to do with that, but you know, we all know Spock was much older than he looked. But I think Kirk and Spock looked like they were the closest in age to each other. But the job of the first officer is he's somebody that has to run the day-to-day operations of the ship. He has to protect not only the crew, but also the captain. He protects everybody on that ship. He also is the captain's sounding board, and he's his, like, moral compass. Depending on the series, because for for Enterprise and for TOS, they had other jobs. Yes. Very interesting. They were were also department heads as well as the EXO. Yes. Yes, uh, uh, because um, uh, in Enterprise, she was, um, well, she was on the bridge. What was her, she had another job, She was too. a science officer. Right, okay, thank you. She was a science officer. Yeah. She and Spock were both science officers. Were both science officers, yes. So, and um, now Burnham also was the science officer when she was with Giorgio. Exactly. Yes, she yeah. was. So yes, I think Riker is probably the only one that didn't have a department, you know, uh, you know, job. Like maybe he could be head of security. I don't know. <laughs> like, what, like a specific uh, department. Yeah, duty. didn't. No, his uh-huh. his duty was like you run the ship. <laughs> <laughs> That's what exactly. you do. <laughs> but in Riker's defense, I think that the ship that he was running was probably the largest ship of all the ships in the franchise. Exactly. I mean, so that, he that had his was hands a, full. That was a full-time job. Like, you really couldn't be a, some other type of officer and run that ship. No, no. But he also, I think, um, okay, so one of the things we talked about, I just mentioned, was that, you know, you're the captain's moral compass. And I think that the relationship between the pairings are really interesting because we were talking about Kirk and Spock being brother, sister, brother, brother, sister, <laughs> Kirk and Spock being brother, brother, brother. And then Picard and Riker, I really do think they were almost like father, son, mentor, mentee. Yeah. Yeah. And then Archer and Paul, that was just whack. I mean, <laughs> their relationship was crazy. First of all, he didn't want her on the ship. He threatened to throw out an airlock. Remember, he yeah. threatened to throw out an yeah. airlock at one because point. Because he didn't trust, he basically didn't trust Vulcans. He didn't trust Vulcans. So that was a very strange relationship to put him in to have his exec be someone that he wasn't really sure if she had his back. And she really had to go through some stuff to prove to him that he could trust her. I think the just, most whack one was uh, because they were thrown together too. Was uh, Janeway and Chakotay? Yes. Yeah, I gotta agree with you on that one. Thrown yeah. together for real, for real. But you know, key guy and the uh, uh, Stoffley officer, right? And they bumped heads. I think more, from my recollection, they bumped heads more than any of these two these duos. Chakotay and, and Janeway. 
Yes, absolutely. was always trying to um, do his duty, which was to play devil's advocate sometimes and to really mm -hmm. check his captain on her moral compass, which was questionable many times, you know, yeah. um, but good to note, whatever, I'm just going to do, do it anyway. It anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she basically said. I'm doing it anyway. But he was always kind of coming up and saying, but sometimes I think that Chakotay was like, you know, he would take this. Well, he was doing his first officer duty. He always had the ship and the crew in his first thought. And yes. the thing that was going to be the least dangerous for them, he was going to do. And she was going to like explore whatever and help anybody, help any alien coming through a vortex. She was ready to help him. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. And sometimes you just like Janeway, really. But then another thing I think that was really interesting in when they have these moral dilemmas that sometimes the thing that's driving these moral dilemmas, I don't think anybody had more moral dilemmas than Cisco, is, is guilt. You know, Janeway was always feeling guilty that she got them stuck in the frickin' Delta Quadrant from the get-go. Yeah. yeah. And she was always trying to overcompensate for making that decision. And Chakotay yeah. had to check her on it. But then they had that other thing going on too, just like the Paul and Archer. Like the thing I really find interesting watching these relationships is when there is an opposite sex relationship, and mm -hmm. you cannot avoid the S word. It just you cannot. I think the only ones that did were Kira and Cisco, and that's only because she thought of him as a demigod. Right. So, Actually, well, I don't think it's only. Right, as God, I, I, I don't think it's only because she thought of him as the emissary. I think, like, you know, there was never, they never played any ambiguity uh, of sexual tension between the two of them at no. all. Like, it was not in Cisco's purview. Like, you know, you couldn't see Cisco going there. Like, it's not yeah. even that, you know, she looked up to him. It's like Cisco wouldn't go there, period. Yeah. No, right, right. It never happened with that with that pairing, but it happened in all the others, like Janeway and Chakotay. I mean, they were just ridiculous. I thought they in the, in in the first three years, I just knew that they were going to get together. Really, yeah. like, you were just waiting for it. I mean, when I they was, got I on the planet, <laughs> I was waiting for it, and it yeah, didn't happen. Yeah, what episode was that when they were down on that planet and uh, and they were both had that disease and. Right, yeah. come back to the ship. Right, they were stuck on that planet for how long? They were there for like three months or a long they, time. They were there for uh, quite some time. It was like Not fifteen days while they were in stasis, and then they, you know, they couldn't figure out what the bug, what bug it was. I, I just thought that that, was, but I have to tell you, that had one of the best, um, it had one of best, one of the best Chakotay moments. When he told her the warrior story, remember? He told her the story of the angry warrior. Because she said, listen, we got to talk about this. We, we just got to get this straight right now. He was giving her the back rub, and it was getting a little hot in there. And she was like, all right, all right. <laughs> Sit down. We're just going to have to talk about this right now. I mean, you know, he had built it a bathtub. It was just getting ridiculous on that planet. <laughs> so 
And he tells her that story about the angry warrior. He went up big points in my book when he was saying that he was the angry warrior. He met the beautiful warrior queen. And the only thing he was going to do in his life was going to be to help her make her decision. That was all he was going to do. And then we were like, okay, Q7. <laughs> 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 but I, I, I loved that scene. It was a great speech that he made to her. And it was just like, so I'm giving you everything I got. I am your first officer. You can count on me. It's never going to cross this boundary. I will do whatever it takes to get you in this ship home. I was like, that is my boy right there. It's <laughs> Dad, I think his, I think his role uh, diminished somewhat. Well, a lot after they got the, Barbie Borg on board. So um I I really I, I liked his I really liked his strong presence at first and then when they diminished him, I didn't like it yeah. at all. You know, because right. they, they had a good relationship. They, you know, he always, like you say, he was the he was really her moral compass and she did what she wanted to do anyway, but he always stood up to her and told her what he what was right you know and probably what most of the audience was thinking too at the time yeah remember I, equinox and equinox when he was telling her you know no we can't do this we can't do this and, and she's gonna throw him in the brick right she, i think she yeah. find him the yeah she was yeah <laughs> but but going back like my other favorite my other favorite pairing though and we want we want to talk about this one because uh i think you brought this one up Fran. i think we mentioned Picard and Riker, but P Riker had the dubious distinction of being the person that ran into more of his past captains than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> or having, a, having another captain, not his past captain, but having another captain. Because remember when, um, you oh, know, yeah. his captain, Jellico, Jellico came on board. And so now yeah. we have a change in command styles where we have hard being Very scholarly, much. diplomatic, he's cerebral, you know, and then we have Jellico coming in there and he's Shoot just like... Shoot from the hip, Jellico! <laughs> wow. Oh yeah, Jellico was really representative of the military, the military arm of Starfleet, you know, I mean, it was mm -hmm. just all extremely militaristic and he just expected his orders to be obeyed period you know that's your job it's obey my orders don't question them obey them you know and uh, and do it quickly <laughs> and, I, and i loved it when he just dressed down troy she was like well i think the crew needs a little time he was like there is no time hold their hands and by the way Put some clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> and all she could do was blink. <laughs> that was it. And she now, was in uniform. She was in Starfleet uniform from then on. She put it on, and we went to four rotations of, you know, shift rotations right away, sure too. Sure did. Like, get it done. <laughs> but it and was he told Picard, I don't mean no harm, bro, but this is my ship now. You need all to I back know. off. I loved it. He told Picard where he could go too. But in his <laughs> and it was interesting because Picard was saying in that earlier scene with Jellico, he was saying that he picked Riker specifically because he did not adhere to the chain of command in a, in a situation, and he wouldn't let his other captain, DeSoto, 
go down to the planet. He said, that's why I picked Will, because he risked his career and the chain of command because he was going to do what he thought was the right thing to do. And that's what he, that's what um, he was telling Pressman when Pressman came aboard when the, the Pegasus episode. Uh-huh. Todd goes through this whole thing about why he picked Will Riker because he Will had that streak. And, well, and Will wound Jellicoe up was basically, like, uh-uh. Will round, wound up basically confirmed, confined to quarters. Not officially, but kind of, because he was sitting in there relaxing, you know, when um, Jordy told uh, Delico that he had to, um, that he was the best pilot, that, you know, he would be the best one to, you know, to do the thing. And he was sitting in, you know, in his quarters chilling and, you know, and yeah, he had he to go in there, you know. And they realize, you know, I don't like you. I don't like you. But look, we need to get this done. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, "What do you say? Just, just ask me." Yeah, just ask me. <laughs> just ask me. As opposed to commanding me, just ask right. me. Just ask me. So, so yeah. So Jellico had a definite brusque command style. Picard, like I said, uh, you know, he was that scholar, that diplomat. Okay, here's a question for you: command styles. I mean, Kirk. I love this. I love the one time when Kirk said uh, Kirk was brilliant. He was passionate. He was a born leader. And then this, the question that I love to ask people, Kirk said, you know, Spock was telling him something one time and he said, he said, no, the game isn't chess. The game is poker. And it was like the Corbinite maneuver. Right. And he was like, oh, we're going to play poker. He thought, he, and so Kirk was like that poker player. And I think Picard was like a more of a chess player. <laughs> yes. That's, that's a great analogy. That's a great, yeah. So yeah, I would ask you now, what do you think? Was Janeway a poker player or is she a chess player? Or does she have another game that's all her own? Hmm. Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> you might she's a Monopoly player. Monopoly, because she was going to do and take control and do what she wanted to do. She's going to try to get home. She's trying to get back to home square. Right. Form alliances, lash, whatever. Cheat, whatever she needed to do. She did, like some people do in Monopoly, and they got the whole board to themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody might get Park Avenue and the other blue spaces, but Janeway (laughs) was running it. And she was the banker, so hey. (laughs) <laughs> I, See, I, was gonna, I was gonna go with poker myself you know you think dj janeway is a poker player huh yeah i think i mean yeah, but you know she's kind of she's a lot of both you know because she was a great uh tactician as well yeah yeah i have that down here is that she's ethical scientist yeah she's a scientist yeah she's a great negotiator scientist. she was a good negotiator too and a tactician yes I like the one with, you know, I'm, I'm going with you with that one now, Tamiya. I'm saying I like Monopoly, though. But I like <laughs> poker because I remember that one episode where she was just like, I don't like bullies. <laughs> yeah. She will definitely, you know, bring you to the brink, you know, through low torpedoes. And yeah, Janeway will shoot at you. That's for sure. And we, okay, for Cisco. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's just, you know, he's just like a card player and he's playing war. He's not even playing poker or <laughs> he's playing that game war like we used to play when we were kids. I declare war. 
and what's that other game? That strategy game too, uh, along with I Declare War, of uh, Battleship. Battleship, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's definitely Cisco's because I've got him down as a romantic. I think he was also passionate, but he is the yeah. warrior captain. I mean, make no mistake about it. If you got to fight the Dominion, that's the man you want on the bridge of the Defiant. Oh, absolutely. The, the ship fit him. The war fit him. I mean, he was just all that. I, I tell you. But he uh, he had a lot of moral dilemmas. I tell. But I think you thoughtful. could also add um, negotiator onto onto mm -hmm. Cisco too. You know, I mean, he had to negotiate quite a bit on behalf oh. of Major, and in, in order, like, just to um, keep the station up and running. Yeah. Like, like, you know, for instance, in the first couple episodes when he's negotiating with Quark, you know, that was, you know, yeah. he had Quark in a, between a rock and a hard place, even though he needed Quark's services, you know. <laughs> I don't know if that was really a negotiation as opposed to, <laughs> <laughs> I'll let your nephew out of jail if you open up your bar. <laughs> hey, he's, looking at, he's looking at five to ten. <laughs> That Cisco was rough, I tell you. He, but he is absolutely my favorite. I do like that relationship that he had with Kira. But it was strange, you know. There's always like a third person in these relationships. So you know, Kirk and Kirk and Spock had McCoy in there, and Cisco and Kira definitely had Jadzia in there. Yeah, because mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. she almost took some of the duties of that first officer. But she was like the confidant. Because she was really Curzon. I mean, yeah, she was Curzon. She was Dax. She was Dax. Thank you. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. he still looked at he looked at her as the old man. He still called her the old man. Yeah. So that was his McCoy to Kira's Spock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I think that these two, uh, Kira and I, I love the episode um, Starship Down, where Kira, Cisco gets knocked out. And Kira has to keep him oh, talking. Keep yeah. him yeah. And she tells him stories. and Yeah, and you can you tell know, that, that she's uncomfortable with him. Yeah. And she yeah. says, I don't know what we talk about. What She said, talk to him. She says, what do we talk about? And he says, we just talk about work. And she's like, yeah, that's all we ever talk about. And she's freaking out because now she doesn't know what to talk to him about. And he says, tell me a story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think I love the end of that one, too, when... There's that time where each captain tries to make it more personal with their first officer. They go out of their way to do it. And you see Cisco do it here when he invites her to the ball game and he gives it a cap. And she just has that smile on her face like a little girl who just got, like, you know, the big prize. And the captain yeah. go to the ball game with them. And she was so excited because he's realizing, too, that he's been keeping her at arm's length or at arm's distance, and that well, he really needs to be closer to his first officer. Even though it was only for two episodes, um, Burnham was Giorgio's first officer. Right. right. And that turned, I mean, I thought they had a pretty good, you know, uh, from the beginning, from the, first, from the first episode when they were down on that planet, and they were right. talking, you could tell that they were friends and mm -hmm. they were respectful of each other. And, and there was this kind of a mentor-mentee, of course, relationship. Absolutely. And mother-daughter relationship. Yeah. 
You yeah. know, I thought, you know, when she first came on, when she first came on the, um, on the Shinju, I don't know. They didn't, unless somebody else saw it. I don't know if she came on as first officer. I don't know what happened because I remember seeing, um, um, uh, Saru, you know, when she first came on, I saw Saru on the bridge. So I don't know. She, she was first officer. When they were down on on the thing, but I don't know what her position was when she first came on the ship. No, because she said, "Go ahead, Tamia." I don't think they made that very clear. I actually just watched that episode the other again the other night, and it was and it was just like her memories of her first day coming onto the ship, but it was not made clear in what position was she coming on there, you know, and I I got the sense that she was not coming on as first officer. I got the sense that she was coming on, that Giorgio had really mentored her from very early in her career. To up to first officer. But she says, remember she says to Tyler that she served on the Sinju for what, eight years, 12 years? Some, uh, some nine years. She tells Tyler that, and he says, "Well, seven you know, years. It wasn't yeah, seven he was years. on that ship with Giorgio for a long, long time. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and so, and Sarek brought her to Giorgio only because you know he he knew that she could help her make the transition to living with humans, to going back to her humanity, right? But, but yeah, I gotta, I, don't say think, huh? I gotta say yeah, something about like the um." The relationship, I mean, that re- particular first officer and captain relationship, as it was told to us, mm-hmm. I think it was so wonderful what they were able to establish in just two episodes. Yeah. The depth and complexity of that particular relationship, which was very, you know, really different from all the other captain and first officer relationships because it had not only the aspect of the mentor mentee, but because it had that really intimate aspect where Georgia really did become a surrogate mother to Burnham. Burnham has needed women to play that role in her life, her whole life. And, and uh, Georgia was it. And so when we get to that scene and spoiler alert, you know, if you haven't seen discovery yet, um, in the battle of the binary stars, when Burnham is grieving over Giorgio, you know, it's so visceral. It's so real. Yes. Yeah. And, and it really gives you the, uh, the depth, you know, because we see that, like you said, when, when the, on the first, very first episode, we see them walking in the desert together and, you know, and it's it, this level of intimate camaraderie, you know, but you don't realize how deep it went until right. The Battle of the Binary Stars. Right. Also, and what did she tell? Go ahead. Also, way later on, we find out that they were really, really friends because she took her, the prime Giorgio, took Burnham to her country, took her to her home. That's she right. Said, you took me one that you took me there once. Where did you where where did you say you were where are you from? So we know yeah. that they even traveled together. She also left that her most prized possession to her with, yeah. in her, you know, in her will. And Burnham got that. She was her first officer. You so, know? Yeah. I just think it's really, I mean, credit to the discovery staff, the writers, mm-hmm. um, 
everybody on that staff, but especially the actresses, you know, especially mm -hmm. Sonequa Martin-Green and, um, uh, and Michelle Hill, you know, because uh, for what they brought uh, to those, to the a very small, you know, not a lot of time, like really two episodes to be those women mm -hmm. in that relationship. You know, and then yeah. after those two episodes, it's boom, it's off. It's totally different. You know, two episodes to tell us that story. They were amazing. Absolutely. And we yes. got, and and we got the point, story. We got the background. We got right. it. But, but that's why the whole the whole thing that happened at the binary star just did not make any sense. And that's why a lot of people were just mad about that episode. But, you know, you just couldn't believe that she was going to turn on her and mutiny, you know, do what she did, no matter what she heard from Sarak or whatever. It just made no sense, but you know we're gonna let it go. <laughs> that's another, but that's for another episode. Right, that's for another show. episode, <laughs> right? It sure is because the relationship was so strong and so tight, and the fact that you know they went on the away mission, just the two of them, was also sort of questionable. I mean, that was like a, not a good decision. You well, need to take some red shirts. That just took me back to, you know, TOS, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> right. like, why is the captain gallivanting down to a planet with one other hey, person? You know, you're going to fight some Klingons? <laughs> who's, who's, who's made that decision? <laughs> I mean, it's not like Star Trek does not have a rich history of sending their captains into ridiculously stupid situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's funny too, because there is one point where on Enterprise, uh, I think, what was it? Captain Archer gets this message that one of his buddies from the EXO testing days has just died. And he wants to go on this little pod mission all alone. And so he tells Trip he can't come. And to Paul, to her credit, she just gets in the pod and she's just making like, okay, well, here we go. And he <laughs> said, uh, no, I really want to do this on my own. And she just looks at him and she says, well, apparently, Commander Tucker forgot to remind you that the captain cannot leave the ship unaccompanied. I was like, okay, you go first, officer. <laughs> Let me just tell you who I am, Captain, and I will be sitting here. And then she said, and besides, I am your science officer, so I think it would be <laughs> make sense that you take me with you. To this. That's right. So I, that's I right. said, I, I, that's when I love the Paul. She was just like, okay, I know your boy. Just let you get in the pod because he knew that guy too, and he understood how Archer was feeling. But the first officer came right through and did her job and said, "No, my job is to protect the captain. I'm going with you." Mm -hmm. Speaking <laughs> of Archer <laughs> and to Paul, you know, because we haven't really talked about his command style at all. <laughs> He's I, I know say, he talked too he damn is. much for me. He just talked too much. I, <laughs> I, 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 did, I have to, full disclosure to all of our listeners, I was not an Enterprise fan um, before we started doing the podcast or even um, before Discovery. After, you know, after Discovery came on and you, know, you could binge everything on uh, CBS All Access, that's when I really started watching it, not even on Netflix. Um, but... Binging it, I, I have come to really love Archer. He's the first captain. He has no he has no template to go by. Yeah, so he's talking a lot because he doesn't even know what he's doing half the time. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he's a great captain though, but he's hot tempered. He's you know what else? He he's he's got something to prove. He's long winded. You know, he's, 
start these speeches. He has no filter. He has no you know, filter. He used to start these speeches, and my eyes would roll in the back of my head. I'm like, <laughs> oh gosh, here he comes again. Not another speech. Rally around the flag, boy. Speech. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one that was really horrible, but uh, he's also very naive. I think, I, I, you know, yeah, extremely. Yeah, they had yeah. no idea. But, right. I mean, but like you, you know, said, he's the first, so he, you know, he's kind of playing it by ear. He doesn't know. Well, and, yeah, and, you know, he, I mean, he, in that sense, really represents, you know, he, all of humanity. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when we were first reaching out into the stars like that, you know, the, um, the, the, we as a species were extremely naive about what's out there because we'd never been out there, and it's not like the Vulcans were extremely forthcoming. You know, no, they had oh, humans back for a long hindering. time. Right. They you were know? hindering. Exactly. Yeah. And their whole thing, and you kind of have to understand with the Vulcans, where they were coming from, too. And I think uh, one Vulcan, in one episode, I can't remember which one it was, but they make the statement that, that, the, that the humans in just the one or two years that they had, or well, they had like maybe 10 years, that they had warp capability, did what it took the Vulcans a hundred years to do. And the, the, the diplomat says to Archer that the Vulcans were actually afraid of what the humans could accomplish because they were just so fast at uh -huh. what they were doing. And that they were just trying to like, we just got to rein these guys in because you know we're the big kahuna right now in the universe. And then here come these humans. And the next thing we know, they're running Starfleet and we're just like to set the first off. But how did the hell did this happen? <laughs> They were worried about their place in the Alpha Quadrant, I really do think. So, you know, I, I took Paul and Archer as, as captain and first officer. I think they had a very rocky start. Yeah. And I mean, she couldn't even stand the smell of the ship. And, uh, but she ends up, she ends up, there was a, the one episode called A Night in Sick Bay, which is probably when you hate Frank because he's really talking a lot in that one. And, <laughs> And Porthos gets sick, and Porthos is like nearly dying, and so he's in sick bay with the dog, and uh, Paul just cannot even understand this, you know. And neither can, neither can Doctor Flox, and um, but but they uh, finally Flox tells Archer that the reason he is so angry at the Paul is because maybe he has a little sexual tension towards her. <laughs> And Archer really goes off. There's that scene where he makes the Freudian slips. And I just, every time I see that scene, I just crack up because he's telling her, he's telling her, come and bring me. She said, I'll bring you the list. He said, yes, bring me your lips. <laughs> I just lose it. And he is just getting more and more frustrated. But then at the end, she makes that big, she makes the big speech to him. And she says, well, you know, hypothetically speaking, it's good that my captain, uh, my, that you are my, the, that the captain wouldn't ever make any romantic, you know, advances towards a subordinate officer. So we don't have to worry about that. Right. And he's like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I never so, saw them. I never saw anything. I mean, it was something in that little episode, but I never saw them as like that. I always thought oh her and uh, what's his name? Uh, Trip was it Trip? Oh no 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 no! Uh, to Paul and Archer had a couple of moments in that detox room that were a little touchy. <laughs> I was like, 
<laughs> and there was a couple of shared a blanket episodes on some coal planets that were a little close too. And see, this is what I'm talking about. Like they would play this game, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the producers and stuff would play this game about like, let's test the waters and see if people want to see, you know, this type of relationship formulate or we can dance around it, you know, and, and create this tension, which is just like, you know, one of the reasons why I do love um, Cisco and Kira Narice is because for real, for real, if we were, you know, in, in Starfleet and it, like, no, we're not playing that game. Like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. You can be court-martialed for that, you know? Exactly. I think you the know, only like, one, only one that had, a, you know, circumstances was Janeway and Chakotay where they were like, okay, y'all are lost for like seven years. I mean, like, throw the book right. out. Cause. Like, they might have, like, get a little bit of a break, maybe. But she wasn't taking it. Right. And as well, she shouldn't have, because mm-hmm. honestly, that would be the breakdown of the command structure and the, and the, and the, and the, and that crew. Like you cannot, yeah. you know, you, the, the first officer and the captain, that's a, that's a conflict of interest for anybody that has an issue that they have to take up the chain of command. I, we started I don't twice. Those two actors is having any chemistry at all. Oh, no, they didn't. Which you two? Know, I thought her and Trip. I thought that oh, yeah. I thought they had yeah. chemistry, but I didn't yeah. think her and Arthur had any chemistry at all as far as sex. Oh uh, well, you know I me. Thought- I mean, uh, Trip has chemistry. You all by his little self. Yeah, yeah. My goodness. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. telling you, I was like pecan pie. Yeah, I'll have a piece of pecan pie, Trip. Because <laughs> I love them as captain and first officer. They were good together. I yes. thought they were excellent they, together. They, they were, yeah. I, I think, you know, um, okay, now, but we have to talk about after Saru lost his threat stuff and that bridge scene. Remember the bridge scene? Oh, we can't forget the bridge scene. He was up oh on his little high heels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, after and he lost his threat ganglia. Yes. And then it was a whole nother first officer that that Pike was dealing with there. Totally. And totally. Yeah, Pike was like, whoa, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Who's this dude again? Yeah, he's like, wait, no, I'm the baddest guy on this bridge, but maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> and the way the bridge crew was like, uh oh, uh oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. The loop and and um um Oh my gosh, I can't think of his name. Sexy guy. What's his uh um Tyler? Ash, is, Ash was like Oh, so I guess he's mine now. I forgot his name. Is that is that mean Tyler's mine now? Because you forgot his name. No, it doesn't. Um here they go again. And if if she hadn't if Burnham hadn't got between them, I'm sure Saru would have, you know, like punched him out or nothing, because you know he could have cracked his face open if he did. But, I don't know uh, what Saru was going to do, but he was coming uh, for him. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Pike just was walking backing up. toward the guy. Like, what? Do you think I really wouldn't do this? Have you, you lost know, it, you know? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. You know what I would have paid money to see, though? Saru lose the threat ganglia with Walker on. <laughs> oh, my God. That would have been brilliant. Lorca. I would have loved to have seen Lorca oh, yeah. and Saru when Saru had no threat ganglia because I would pay money 
for them to do do me a short <laughs> I think that's why he chose Saru as his first officer because he knew Saru would go go with anything he said just about. Well, he I'm, was talking the about officer. I'm talking about Lorca. I'm talking about Lorca. Yeah, I know, but he was yeah. the next command. He, I mean, he was the next guy, so it wasn't like he bypassed anybody. He was supposed to take him, but I think he was a little frustrated with Saru. Well, he was frustrated. Lorca was frustrated with the whole crew because he was like a jellico coming in there, and he just wanted that crew to be a battleship crew, and they were a science crew. Right. 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 But I do think I mean, I'm sure he had. I'm sure you know. I know this. I'm sure he. That's a point. They put Saru there because he wouldn't be a threat to Lorca. And okay, the writers put Saru there, but Lorca wanted him there mm. mm-hmm. because of his demeanor, and that he wouldn't question. You know, he said because he told Burnham. He said the captain does what he wants to do, basically. Right. And right. he said, you know, I'm the first officer, and I'm supposed to know this. I didn't even know this. He didn't even consult Saru. Saru had no idea that Burnham was staying on the ship. And then he saw right. her That's in right. the elevator. I mean, in the li- in the uh, turbo lift. That's right. And that is one of the things. That's one of the officers, the first officer's job is to know yes. who the personnel are. Personnel. He didn't even. Yeah. He didn't consult with me. I had no idea he was going to still be here. Well, he was like he was um, in so many ways under Lorca, like a first officer in name only. Oh, you know, I mean, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't have that full weight of duties that the that the rest of these first officers that we've been talking about have have had. No. Yeah. And what did you think about Pike when he came on board with Saru and he was sort of like, well, you know, I'll be the captain, and then sometimes you can be the captain. <laughs> yeah, joint. Custody. I think it was out of respect to. I think it was out of respect to the crew, and he wanted the okay. crew to like him too. You know, you just yeah. can't come in here. You know, so he was being diplomatic. You know, he said it's your ship too. You know, and he wanted the crew to like him, so he did. He put Saru in that position to be his co-captain, kind of, yeah. as he said. I think it's funny because I think almost all of them wanted, I don't think, uh, yeah, they wanted the crew to, he seemed to be more concerned. Well, the crew had been through so much when Pike came on board. That was a, you know, they, as he said, they had been betrayed by their captain. Right. He was coming in and he really was trying to overcompensate for something that he he had no control of, you know, how bad the details. Do you really think he was? Do you really think he was trying to overcompensate for it, or just? I mean, he was doing uh, more than I think he would have done with any other crew. You know, by showing him his service records, showing him all that stuff. I mean, you know, uh-huh. he was just like, okay, you guys, you know, I'm a good guy, and I don't think any other captain would come in showing you his f and astrophysics. Like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think he was really trying to over, you know, hey, okay, you guys calm down. He didn't come in like Jellico, like, hey, because like, like he said to Saru when he got off the transport pad, he said, I'm here because of all, all the stuff went off, all three of the regulations, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm taking over because everything's crazy. But he still came in like, let me just ease you all down. But I think that's his his nature, too. I mean, that's his command style. He's, he's more laid back and kind right, of, even exactly. when he was even when he was telling Saru that he didn't appreciate him letting the two people fight in the in the mess hall, 
<laughs> he was kind of nice about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's not about, do that again. <laughs> but, you know. Speaking of so- Pike, what about Pike and uh, number one? The first number Here one. Here we go again with that male-female thing. From the cage. Yeah. As, that other, as, the other, as the other woman said, well, which one of us would have been Eve? She was concerned uh-huh. about it. But <laughs> well, we know we know number one from the cage and yep. from discovery. Yep. And well, actually from Q and A, we find yep. out, you know, mm-hmm. that they continue on with that. She's she's got she's got something. She's she likes she's got this huge she's crushing on Pike. Oh really yeah, you think? <laughs> <laughs> Hard. I mean Spock called her on it and she was she daggone near blushed. <laughs> Right. You know, he's, 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 you, you seem to have done a complete study on the captain. She was like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> oh, you got to love short tracks. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah, you, you know, and, and, and why shouldn't, why wouldn't she? <laughs> because, right. cause, you know, because I mean, we've all had that relationship with a great friend who's a guy. And there is always, you cannot remove the sexual tension. In fact, that's one of the things about the relationship that makes it kind of fun because you're like, ooh, but it, it's never going to happen. You know, it's never going to happen, but it's just always going to be well, more there. reasons than one for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, like, is it all of us with a guy? You know? <laughs> okay, okay, so Not me. always. <laughs> a guy. For everyone here? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've, had sure these, I've had these best friends that have been guys and it's always just been a little, hmm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think that it's also a common experience, no matter what your gender or gender preference, um, mm-hmm. the attraction between mentor and mentee mm-hmm. also, like, yeah. you know, um, between somebody who's really teaching you something and you're learning from and you really admire them, you know, that's a natural attraction that happens it too. You know, whether or not it's acted upon, though, you know, is really sort of yeah. the testament of the the character of the mentor. Yes. <laughs> you know? And, yeah, and, and the person is, uh, I mean, you know, in, in most cases, you admire this person because of their position, for their brains, for their experience. And all of those are attractive traits that people have. Yeah. You know, and all, all, all of our captains are brilliant. Every one of them. Yes. You, wouldn't be, you can't be a captain and not be brilliant. And not, right. you know, and not be brilliant. Unless you cheat on the Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> <laughs> but he did it brilliantly. <laughs> He's, he gets a pass. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a pass. I know, the Kobayashi Maru. Only was that cheated in one the scenario. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I just want to, I just want to, uh, we're almost at the, uh, uh, half almost at the hour mark here with this one and i think we've got a lot said about our captains um i just wanted to touch on what 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 episode or what time did you think that the captain was definitely at his worst point and was saved or helped by his first officer i have a couple of ideas in my head or 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 even when they were at that point and what did their first officers do 
did they confront them? Did they just let them just be crazy? I mean, did they see some kind of reason behind it? And I'm thinking of a couple of different episodes where one of them, uh, of course, is for the uniform in Cisco when he poisoned the planet, when he was chasing Eddington. Was and he Carol was told on the Defiant? They were on the Defiant. Was Carol and on the Defiant then? Carol was on the Defiant. Carol yeah, was on the Defiant. They left Dax in charge, right? Of the yeah. station. Yeah. Worf was on the on, on the ship, O'Brien and Kira when he gave the order. But you know, there's a there's a pretext to that. I mean, Eddington had done the very same thing. And and Cisco made that statement to to Dax, and he said, he said, uh, Eddington gave him the book of uh, Les Miserables. And he says, oh, he sees himself as Jean Valjean. He said, he's telling me I'm the, I'm the other guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he says, well, maybe it's time for me to be a villain. Remember that? I remember. And, and so Cisco wasn't really losing his mind when he did that. Like a lot of times when you look at the people talking about how bad Cisco is, they're like, well, nobody like, well, Cisco poisoned the planet. You know, <laughs> it was like he was showing Eddington, Eddington exactly what he had done to the Kardashians. And he poisoned that planet. And he was like, I'm, I'm going to do the same freaking stuff. And the thing that got me was like, no one challenged Cisco when he was going to make this thing happen. He had to tell Worf twice. Yeah, Worf kind of, Worf kind of hesitated. Worf yeah, hesitated. I mean, see, the thing is, like, his, even if uh, Eddington did that, you know, it's still like, we're Starfleet. We don't lie. You know, <laughs> like, we're, you know, we're Starfleet. Like, this is a completely reprehensible act, no matter yes. what the justification was, and especially not for one man. You know, and I mean, nothing. it really speaks to um, Cisco's obsession and mania, like this madness about Eddington, you know, um, which went but neither one, neither neither Worf nor Kira challenged him. They they did not go first officer on him. They were like, no. "I'm not going to tell him nothing. You going to tell him something? I'm not telling him anything." Right, right. <laughs> I no. thought that was amazing because they just they just they fired. Right, and we I mean, gosh, we should could do a whole episode on that one show alone because you know we'd never seen. Uh, uh, anybody in Starfleet behave that way. You know, I mean, we know that in an organization as large and as bureaucratic and as multi-limbed, like Hydra-like as Starfleet is, that you know that you've got these folks making these questionable decisions. And Both you know. of the admirals. Oh, bad admirals. Thank you. <laughs> the bad admirals. Yes. You know, I mean, they have to, but, you know, we had never been presented with that on our show. So, so honestly, you know, yeah. Oh, what about, there's another one where Kirk loses his self for a second and they have to check them. They check them. But, uh, remember it was called obsession and Kirk was on the planet and he smelt that sickly sweet honey smell of right. the cloud monster. Yes. And yes, they were supposed to meet up with the Yorktown or something. They had the medicine and Scotty was telling them and Kirk mm-hmm. Spock was telling them. And, and Kirk says, I really don't appreciate my senior officers conspiring against me. And everybody just went, Oh snap. Hmm. They were all trying to check them. 
They were like, Captain, we, we have got to meet the Yorktown. Why are we chasing this thing that nobody can see and censors don't read? And remember, he, he, he cussed out Chekhov. Chekhov said, I'd run the scans twice, sir, and I don't see any dichronium. He said, run it again. <laughs> that was a crazy episode. Kirk was losing it. Yeah, he did. And they came, and McCoy came to him. He said, I'm going to put it in the medical record. And, and he said, well, you need a witness for that. And McCoy hit the door, and there was Spock. And they, they checked my boy. They, they did yeah. not check Cisco. <laughs> no. But in both instances, they were right. Kirk was right. There was a monster. Well, yeah, but he had he had experience with this monster from like what was it, ten years before or something? Right. Yeah. Right. But and he so he ended up being proven right. But you know, for a minute there, they were like, I don't know what you're talking about, and we might have to put a notation in the medical log. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so was, I think it was, I just thought it was interesting that. You know, Cisco didn't get checked in that one by his first officers. Either, either, either Lieutenant Commander Worf, whose place it was not to check him, but it was Kira's. Right. Right. Well, I think we have had a really excellent discussion on the captains and their first officers, don't you? I think so, too. Oh yeah. yeah, so many different, so many different um, aspects of the relationships and who they were and how they got along or sometimes didn't get along. Mm. Um, it's you know really really interesting, even from the cage all the way up to uh, disco. You know, um, yeah. these relationships were really something. And it it kind with with disco. I still think it, even though they weren't officially in those roles, I really thought that they carried on the same way. I think Burnham and um, Mira Giorgio did had the same relationship. Oh yeah, I yeah. I agree with you there, Frank. Even though it wasn't official, it right. was the same relationship. Yeah, I feel like. Um... You know, in the future, we can come back and like really delve into um, some of these relationships even, you know, more, uh, even deeper. You know, um, there's a lot on their own about. episode. <laughs> yeah, there is. There's a, they're, they're very special relationships. There's no other type of relationship like it in Star Trek. I mean, these are the captain and their first are, you know, they're bonded. They're bonded people, and they go through all kinds of stuff, and they serve for a long time with that officer. And when that person is removed, it changes the dynamic of the entire structure that they're commanding, whether it be a Command. station mm -hmm. or a ship or, you know, a quadrant. Yeah. So let me ask you this before we have to sign off. Okay, real quick, off the top of your head, would you rather be the captain or the first officer? Ooh, uh, oh. I'm a great first officer. <laughs> and what about you? I don't know. I, ooh. Ah, okay. Well, I think it depends which one I would be. It, it would depend on the captain. I would love to be Cisco's first officer. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would love to be a first officer for a while, but then I think I would get tired of it and I'd want to be captain. 
So we got, okay, I was going to say, we got all first officers on this group. <laughs> it's just because, okay, you know what, ladies, cut this shit. We're all going to say, we're the captains. Forget it. We're going to take a page. Exactly. Let's take a page from Bernie like Janeway. We're the captains, God dog it. I'll be a captain like Jellico. I'd be like, you know what? I would. I'm telling y'all, I would. That's why I That's didn't want better. to be a captain. Because, oh. you know, I'd be like barking orders and, you know, all that. And I ain't got time for the crazy. I ain't got time for the I was thinking that when she said first officer, I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got time. I ain't got time, y'all. Look, this is what this is gonna happen, and this is what we're gonna do. Y'all got some input. That was, you know, let me hear it, and then I'll decide whether or not we're gonna do it. That's right. Give me your. This is not a democracy. It's not a democracy. I'm in charge. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I would listen to my first officer to a point, and then you be. I'd be like, you know what? Go put some clothes on. <laughs> you On know what? That that, note. That's gotta be the that's that's the hashtag. You know what? Go put some, put clothes, some clothes on. Go put some clothes on. That's the title of this episode. Go put some clothes on. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, and and that's the end of our show for this week. I want to thank the Sci-Fi Sisters, Tamia Harper, and Fran Taylor, and I am Sabrina Wood. Ladies, why don't you tell everybody how they can reach you, Fran? Where can everybody get in touch with you? I am Fran T at Sci-Fi Sister dot com. <laughs> Tamia, I am. Uh, what am I at Sci-Fi Sisters? I'm Tamia at Sci-Fi <laughs> Sisters dot com. That's T A M I A Sci-Fi S Y F Y I Sisters S I S T A S dot com. <laughs> and I am Sabrina, S-U-B-R-I-N-A, at SciFiSisters.com. And please send us a message and let us know what you think of the show. And until the next episode, live long and prosper. Put some clothes on. <laughs> <laughs>